Welcome to the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour with your host and founder, Alex Burr. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm your host, Alex Burr, and I'm joined for the first time on the Power Hour. It's, it's been a, a hot minute, but it hasn't been as long as some other people. But my good friend, Zach Griffith. Zach, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, Alex. It's been, it's been a fun season. Yes. A very fun season. Uh, a fun season for my team in particular. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk tonight about all kinds of stuff. And you, the reason I'm having you on is because you and another uh, schmuck in chief may or may not have been at the All-Star game. Is the, or not the All-Star game, All-Star Saturday night. Got some boots on the ground at the all-star festivities, but it with it being the power hour, Zach Griffith, we'd be remiss if we did not start with throwing a curveball when you expected a yes. fastball. And you might be expecting this one, but not in, not in this form. Zach, who has a better rogues gallery, Batman or Spider-Man? This is an age-old debate, and it's... These are my two favorite heroes, Spider-Man number one, Batman number two. So I myself have had sleepless nights trying to settle this question. And I always default to who has the better overall singular villain. And the answer, of course, is Batman with the Joker. So I think since the rogues galleries are pretty much equal... In terms of depth, Alex, you know, we're talking about NBA tonight. Depth, you got some deep teams here. Right. Deep teams that make, make, make deep runs in the playoffs. You know, Batman's rogues, they're in the finals every year. They're in the finals every year. So I think the team ultimately with the best player comes out on top. So I'm going with Batman, but they're both the best in their respective like spider-man has the best rogues and marvel of any individual hero batman has the best rogues in dc of any individual hero so i'll go with batman simply because he has the joker and spider-man does not i mean it's a, it's a fair take um willem dafoe does not have the same um name recognition as heath ledger does I mean, really, what Spider-Man villain is Heath Ledger? You know, who's portrayed? I mean, hell, Jack Nicholson. Actors are tripping over themselves to play the Joker. And no offense to any of these right. Spider-Man villains. Like, I, I, I think you, your trump card is probably the trump card. But Spider-Man <laughs> does have incredible villains i mean zach who are some of your like as a big spider-man fan you said he's your number one he's your number one favorite hero who's your like favorite spider-man villains well my my favorite's doc ock just because i love the connection him and peter have where doc ock was a mentor of peter's like that's the cool thing about spider-man's villains is they all have some connection to him you know like the norman osborne version of the green goblin is his best friend's dad and then doc ock 
is, you know, his former mentor guy he interned with, uh, Venom, the Eddie Brock version of Venom, you know, a guy he worked with, had a rivalry with. So all of these guys, you know, the lizard, Kurt Connors, another mentor of his. So all these guys that he's fighting, like most of them, he has a personal connection to. So I've always liked that. But I would say my favorites, Doc Ock, for sure. Um, I really like Mysterio. I really like the lizard. Uh, I would say those are probably my three favorites. And then I'll go with the Osborne version of Green Goblin. Um, probably the closest thing Marvel has to a Joker-like figure. So I go, with, I'd go with those four as my my personal Mount Rushmore. Uh, a lot of people have Venom on there, but I think Venom plays hero a little too much to be on that villain Mount Rushmore. So I'll go with those four: Mysterio, Doc Ock, Lizard, and. Osborne Goblin. Isn't Venom kind of like the picture, like definition of anti-hero? Like yeah, I, I think I if you actually go to his Wikipedia, it'll say he's an anti-hero. Because I mean they've teamed up before. Uh there's a storyline called Maximum Carnage um here on the nineties. It was actually the first appearance of Carnage, and they had no choice but to team up. Because Carnage was Spider-Man could not be Carnage by himself, and Venom hated Carnage uh, because Carnage was like touting himself as just a better version of Venom, and of course Venom can't have that. So they team up. They team up. Uh, you know they win, of course, but that's yeah. So that was kind of the start of Venom being the anti-hero, I would say, and then of course the movies with Tom Hardy, that definitely helped. I like those movies, by the way. I'm a fan of those movies. Not had a chance. The to other see Sony them, movies, I don't know. Are Are you going to see Madam Web, Zach? Uh, me and the lovely Abigail are going to see Madam Web on Friday night. And is there going to be a circle me, city? I don't know. Circle I'll city talk about cinema. it. <laughs> I'll talk about it on my Oscars pod next week when I do my Oscars picks. But I'm half going because I want to see if it's actually as bad as people are saying. (laughs) Because if what you read is true, it's one of the worst movies of all time. And another half reason I'm going is because I'm a Spider-Man degenerate and any Spider-Man media that comes out, I just have to see it. Just have to see it. Fair enough. I I don't think I want to touch that movie with a 20-foot pole, but if you have anything positive to say about it, I'm curious. Um, Zach, let's well, go ahead and move I will on. let you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's let's go ahead and move on to the basketball. Um, big news out of Brooklyn this week. We should talk about that before we get into all star stuff. <laughs> um, Jacques Vaughn has been fired as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, not great showing for the Brooklyn Nets. They were, let's see, we're gonna have a 21 and 33 record. Their last loss was to the Boston Celtics and they it was what? A 50 point loss? Something like that. It was it was not um it was not close. Zach and something that stood out to me or something that stands out to me rather. And I I want your thoughts on this. 
they've gone through since Sean Marks has been there. We've had Kenny Atkinson, Steve Nash, I think Jock Vaughn one time. I don't know. Yep. Or has Jock Vaughn been there? Jock Vaughn's, I think, gone there two times now. I think this is the second time. Jock Vaughn. Yeah, Jock Vaughn was the interim when they fired Atkinson. Yeah, and then Nash right. got the job. And then Vaughn was the interim again when Nash was fired. And then he finally got the head coaching job. They actually gave him an extension last year, Alex. They gave yeah. him a multi-year extension last season. Sean Marks did. And then this year he's fired. But my thing so, is with this, like, what does this do for you now? Like, why not just wait? I don't know. Why, why, why not I, just wait till the end of the season? I don't understand. Like, the coup, I don't the coup de gras. The coup de gras is not only is Sean Marks still in power. Okay. After, I think we could probably agree. Um, not ideal tenure in Brooklyn. I mean, it started great. Maybe they believe in him from that aspect. But yeah. the interim they've hired was an interesting Sucks. choice. Kevin Ollie, Sucks. who Sucks. won a championship at UConn and was fired not long thereafter. Now, rephrase. He won a championship at UConn with Jim Calhoun's team. With Jim Calhoun's team. Kevin Ali, I'm, I'm just going to see exactly how long it was after he um, won the championship that he was fired because I don't remember it being very long. He won in 2014, famously. Well, let's, let's see. He was fired. Pacer, Kevin Ali. Exactly. Was fired in 2018. So he was fired due to NCAA investigations, but it's not like they were good. <laughs> they weren't very good. Right. Zach, um, what do you feel like? Oh, let me just ask you point blank. Do the Nets have a direction? Like, are they just like floating in space? You, you have a contention that there's only 27 NBA franchise. Should we make it 26? Yeah. So for listeners who don't know what you mean by that, I say there's only 27. NBA franchises because the other three, Charlotte, Washington, and Detroit, have no clue what they're doing. And everything they do and say, every move, whether it's a trade or a signing or a draft pick or whatever, they have no clue. They have no clue what they're doing. You know, Detroit's the longest running example of this. You know, we're, we're going strong since 08, having no clue what we're doing. You know, Washington doesn't have a franchise player, at least Detroit and Charlotte, you know, Charlotte can point to LaMelo and be like, that's our guy. They can point to Brandon Miller and be like, we can build around him. You know, Detroit can point to Cade and be like, we can build around him. Washington doesn't have anyone like that. Who are they pointing to? Johnny Davis? Koulibaly? You know, like, you point at Koulibaly, he's like, me? Talking to me? Like, this is... After picking his hand up off the floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great Wings fan. Good for you. But I don't. So you're, you're saying Brooklyn can join this conversation. They absolutely can. And though, honestly, Alex, the only reason they're not is because they're lucky enough to be in the New York area. Uh, if they were not in New York, 
New York, New Jersey, we wouldn't be talking about this team. If they were, and well, they on. have. Hold on, yeah. hold on. If they were still in New Jersey, would we still would we be having this conversation? Would they be in that that group? I think they would be because they would still be on, like the Yes Network in New York, and Iron Eagle would still be calling their games. So, I I feel like they would still be getting talked about, but. That's the only reason. Because other than that, I mean, like you said, terribly run. They got lucky Durant and Kyrie wanted to play in New York. They just didn't want to play for the Knicks. So they went to the other New York team. Um, One thing I will say for Sean Marks is he got a very nice haul for Kevin Durant. But I I love Mikael Bridges as a player. But even though he's putting up you know, big time scoring numbers with the Nets. I liked him more in Phoenix. I thought he was most effective on a team in his role with Phoenix. Like if Mikael Bridges is your best player by far, which it seems like he is, we know this is not going to work. And that's not a knock on Mikael Bridges. Like he's a good player. We know he's a good player, but he just can't lead your team. And I like Cam Johnson. You know, I actually like Cam Thomas, Alex. I think he could be a good six man for, for uh, like a middling team. Like maybe, like you think the like, Bucks would like Cam Thomas coming off their bench? Oh, heavens, yes. yeah, yes, they Here's, would. So okay, let me let me ask you a question. I, I, I just they're infuriating. Like, why aren't you trading those two guys plus Cam Johnson plus Nick Claxton? Because not to mention, we haven't even mentioned the draft picks they don't have. They don't have any picks. Oh, here, here's the rub. Here's the rub. Did you hear that apparently the Rockets offered them their first round yes. picks back for Mikhail Bridges? And they said no. I said no. I said no. Like, what? What are you saying no for? But the Rockets are basically calling you and saying, you want to do over? And you say no? And I don't understand. Like, yes, yes. Is this a joke? Yes. I know this is a bad. And draft. I like Mikhail Bridges. I like Mikhail Bridges. I I do too. But I know this is a bad. If draft, you are I, offering me all my picks for him, yeah, and I don't have any picks. Plus, you have all the Suns picks. The Suns picks become so much more valuable when you have your own picks, right? The reason right. you want to trade for other teams' picks is because ideally you have your own picks. Right. And so those become picks to bolster what you already have. The problem for the Nets is that they are without. <laughs> right. Because of James yeah. Harden, because they wanted to go get James Harden from Houston. So. They now. Are currently like. You know how Zach the Knight moves in a chess where it's like two spaces forward, then one way to the side. Yeah. Imagine you're just moving your knight in like a, a square, right? That's kind of what the Nets are doing. There's no point to it. Yeah. It doesn't help you get down the chest. It doesn't help you get closer to checkmate, you know? Or like, you're, you're not helping set up your uh, pawns to get down the further down the board. Nothing. Nothing. It's just no, useless I, moves. I mean, you can... The useless moves. And you, you can... I can count on one hand, and I don't even need all five fingers memorable seasons 
from the Nets past like eight years. It's the D'Angelo Russell season. And it's KD foot on the line season. That is it. That's it. That is it. And ironically, you can look back at the KD foot on the line. I mean, if it's foot's on if it's foot's not on the line, they're in the finals. Right? And they might win. I mean, the Bucks beat the Suns that year. I thought the Suns were really good that year. As I was on this network, proclaiming them for two months to be the best team in the league. It was almost right. Um, but like the Nets, the Nets gonna beat the Suns. The Bucks did. Why couldn't the Nets have? You know. So I don't. You can. I don't know. Like, are you hanging your head on that? Like, man, we almost, we almost did it. But in the end, what are you really saying? Like, yeah. you lost in the second round. Those guys left. Now you have players who are good but can't carry you to even the play-in. You know, you're firing coaches every two years. Your GM doesn't really know what he's doing, and you have no picks of your own. So they're teetering on... I mean, their future is really bleak. Really bleak. Unless they trade these guys. Which I think is what they should do. The four guys I mentioned. And yet, I don't think they're going... I think they're going to be stubborn. I think um, Joe Sai is going to be like, we need to be... You know, what? I think he's going to see what the Clippers did, right? With uh, Kawhi and Paul George. He's going to be like, hey, we looked competitive, so we're going to be, you know winning playoff games but the difference was is like Tobias Harris is was worlds better than Mikhail Bridges was that Clippers team in general right that 2018 Clippers team that pushed the Warriors to the brink or I guess that would have been 2019 yeah. the 2019 War- Clippers team that gave the Warriors a run for their money was worlds better than this next team is, right so right. you can't do it that way it's just like there's a reason why the main way to rebuild is to be bad and then be good again. It's just, there's a reason why. And I don't think the nets, unless they go crazy and like, someone's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I want to be in Brooklyn, which I think is also kind of what they're banking on, but that's not a viable strategy either because more likely than not, you're just going to be mediocre right now. They're how many games outside of the plan. So Atlanta's 24 and 31. They're 21. They're not even close. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, given how they lost the last couple are, games. <laughs> right. I mean, you are. I mean, you're barely better than the Raptors. The Raptors. Who gave up a month you know, ago? They don't even. They gave up a month ago. They don't even know what team they want to have. Right. And then I, I just don't understand. And then the coaching cycle the of this team. Your eight games better than the Hornets. The Grizzlies almost have the, a better record than you. The Grizzlies. Yeah, a G League team. The Grizzlies are a G League team here. To no, no fault of their own. Most of it's injuries, but. Yeah. The like, Grizzlies. Regardless, they're a G League team. The Nets have been mostly healthy this year, and the Grizzlies are 20 and 36. The Nets are 21 and 33. Absolutely despicable. I'm not saying, listen, Jack Vaughn, I'm sure, you know, probably deserved the sack, whatever. I'm not going to dispute that but it probably needs to be a to- what i'm saying ultimately 
is it probably deserved to be a total overhaul. It probably deserved to have Sean Marks go, probably deserved Joe Sai. I know he's not going to leave, but Joe Sai probably needs to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. We know billionaires don't do that, but you know, he probably needs to. And I think that's a shame. He probably does. Um, I mean, the coaching with this team, like, Look, I don't think Jock Font's good. He proved it in Orlando. He proved it again here. I don't think he's good. But firing him now, what does it do for you? Like, what does it do for you? And then why why did you extend him in the first place? What did you see last year where you're like, yeah, extension time? Like, I, exactly. Like, Atkinson was a good coach. And, you know, the players kind of pushed him out. I thought Nash was a pretty good coach. Players kind of pushed him out. So they were giving players a lot of say. Uh, and now they finally get to pick a coach. They pick wrong. And they signed him. And now they fire him. But, like, why are you doing this now? Just promote Kevin Ollie. Like, why? My thing is, if you're going to fire a coach midseason, you should know who you're getting. Like, even though I think Doc sucks, the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, immediately hired Doc. Like they had a plan. Um, Timberwolves with Ryan when Saunders. The Timberwolves, yes, when the Timberwolves fired Ryan Saunders, they brought in Chris Finch. You know, so stuff like that. The Nets clearly didn't have a plan. If your plan was to hire Kevin Ollie, fire everybody. Fire everybody. Because that guy sucks. But anyway, there's not much to say on the Nets. All I can say is, Trade those four guys, Thomas, Johnson, Bridges, Claxton, get what you can for them. If I'm OKC, I know it's too late now, but the deadline's passed. But I thought OKC should have made a move with Claxton with all those picks they have. Mm -hmm. Thought he would have been perfect uh, compliment to Chet, but maybe they can do something in the offseason, depending on how the playoffs shake out for them. You got to watch uh, Nets at Raptors tomorrow, Zach? Or I guess whenever um, <laughs> this podcast is released. Raptors, yeah, the battle, first battle for the 11th seed. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the most famous battle in the whole NBA. Um, A battle to not keep your first round pick because neither of them will have their first round pick this year. <laughs> um, Zach, real quick, Mike Conley, two year extension. I, I like that for the Wolves. Solid. Solid. But the real real crux of the matter here, um, All-Star Weekend, you had your boots on the ground, um, particularly on Saturday night. What, what was the vibe in the city? I, obviously Friday, um, inclement conditions, so I wouldn't blame you if you didn't make the trek into, into downtown on Friday. But what, were, what was the city like? What were the vibes like in the city over the weekend? Saturday was great. I mean, everybody was just happy. I mean, it was cold as hell, right? It was really cold, but when you look past that, everybody was happy to be there. Um, The only real thing I can gripe about was the convention center. Not a lot of direction in the convention center. Like, if you tried to go into... It was called the NBA crossover, and you could meet, you could meet players, 
there was a bunch of activities you could do in there. There's a gift shop in there, official all-star gift shop. So um, Abby went with me. So we got in line to meet SGA. Uh, and our tickets were for three o'clock entry into NBA crossover. And there was also a Keith Urban concert in there. So people thought yeah, there was one line for Keith Urban and there was another line for the crossover and nobody knew where the line started and nobody was really pointing in the right direction. So everybody just formed a line. I think it was probably the longest line I ever stood in. <laughs> but eventually you got in. I mean, I didn't care. I was just happy. I was just happy to be there. So we we got in, got in line to meet SGA and I was a little at one point, I was like 20 feet away from him, and I, I took a picture. I got a nice picture of him. Uh, he was doing some skim stuff, you know, for the for the Kardashians, of course, contractually obligated. But then we got in line. Yeah, yeah. So we got in line to meet him, uh, and people came by, the employees, and they were like, hey. Uh, you know, his time's almost up. You might not get to meet him, but if you stay in line, Walker Kessler is next. So I turned to Abby. I was like, when am I going to get to meet Walker Kessler again? I know I wasn't in line to meet him, but I mean, hell, I might as well stay in line. So we stayed in line, met Walker Kessler. Uh, it was really quick. Um, they just took your picture. He gave us fist bump and we left, but. Really nice guy, and I just watched him the night before in the Rising Stars game. Um, his team won, Team Jalen, which if you listen to BSF, you would have bet on Team Jalen. Um, but I got... He gave me a fist bump. I told him, nice job in the Rising Stars game. And that was it. So, he, he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. But that the crossover was fun. Uh, and then we walked... Back over to the field house. Uh, we were able to get some Halliburton All-Star jerseys. That's literally the only thing I wanted to buy on Saturday. Um, and you couldn't find it. You could not. You, you couldn't find it online. You couldn't find it in the first store we went into in the convention center. Like They were just gone. So we went back to the field house. And I was like, if they're not here, they're not anywhere. And they had a full rack of them on the top. Even in the team store, Alex. The, the the top floor in the team store, they had them in there. Uh, so we got them and uh, immediately put it on, wore it to Saturday night. And then Saturday night itself at Lucas. So Saturday night took place at Lucas Oil. And once we got in, you see the court, the LED court. It was really cool, even from up high where we were. We were way up, way up high. And the the crowd ebbed and flowed because we were in a football stadium, and so the sound, you know, when you're in a when you're in the field house, there's like it's never really quiet in there. Yeah, there's always something. But in Lucas Oil, it did get quiet sometimes. So the MC was like, "Come on, it's too quiet in here. Come on, get going." And then people would cheer. So that kind of. I don't think the crowd wasn't not into it. It was just it was a little too big of a venue for 
for it to sound loud, but I thought I thought Saturday night was great. Uh the dunk contest <clears throat> was a uh, I don't know. Dunk contest was a little was a little iffy. I I didn't like the judges. Thought the judges were soft. Uh, did, you, did you watch it? I watched it. I caught I'm not I was working so I wasn't like full fledged paying attention, but I did see a lot of the dunks and yeah, they were not great. No, I told Caleb on BSF, like I was like, Caleb, you could have come out of the stands, lowered the goal to eight feet and dunked and you would have got a forty five. Cause that's the that's basically what they did. Like Jalen Brown missed like two in a row, I think. And they still gave him like a forty eight. Uh oh, but it was, I was definitely great. Wrong one. It was definitely right for Jalen Brown. Like that was definitely the vibe. It was, I think- but at the same time, I was glad Jalen Brown was in it because I think it was the first time an actual All Star was in the dunk contest in like seven years, which is insane. So I was yeah. glad he was in it. Uh, I don't think he should have won. I'm glad McClung won because he should have. Uh, that dunk he had where he like half threw it to himself in midair. That was awesome. When he dunked over the two guys, that was awesome. It was cool to see, see uh, Shaq get dunked on. Yeah. It's cool to see that twice. Um, see him get let, dunked on twice. Let me ask you this. Let me, sorry to cut you off. So obviously there's not like a, like we know the layout of Lucas Oil because we've both been there a few times at this point. But for those that don't know, there's not like a Jumbotron. In Lucas Oil, the way there is in like AT&T Stadium, right? Like AT&T Stadium's famous for like having the giant, you know, yeah. thing over the middle of the field. So how much of the, um, the, but there are, I, sh- I should say before I finish this question or before I ask the question, um, there are screens around the end zone areas. So how much were yeah. you having to watch the screens to see like what the dunkers actually did versus like how much you saw on the court? Because I know a lot of the dunks need to be seen on TV to be like fully appreciated. Yeah. So that's a good question. So I think I tried to watch the actual court as much as I could, uh, just cause the led aspect too. I thought that was really cool. Um, I know some of the players said it was kind of slippery, but from where we were sitting, it looked awesome. Uh, that has, has to be freaky to play on that though. Yeah. Or do stuff on that. But I thought it was really cool. Um, but to answer that, like I was focusing on the core as much as I could. Um, for replays, you know, I'd look at the the screen, the screens you're talking about, the one in the end zone. Um, but I tried to watch the core as much as I could, especially for the uh, three-point shootout um, and the dunk contest. Um, the, the skills challenge that was kind of easier to watch on the court, uh, cause it was way more spread out and they like for the dribbling one, they use the, the actual full court. Uh, so I got to see Scotty Barnes fumble out of bounds. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that was nice. I got to see Paolo skip, a uh, obstacle, but, uh, no, I tried to watch the actual court as much as I could. The crowd the crowd got loudest for, of course, whenever the Pacers did something. So, Team Pacers, like I was on my feet cheering, um, Halliburton in the three point contest. Anytime, um, which he got screwed by the way. But any anytime 
that anytime a pacer did something, it got loud. Uh, and then the Stefan Sabrina one, I think, was the loudest because that kind of came down to the wire and it had just never happened before. <laughs> and I think that they need to do that every year, whether it's her or another WNBA player. Like they need to do that every year. And I think it's good they incorporate the WNBA at this time because they're about to get a massive star, Alex. Oh, yeah. Our city. Our city is about to get a massive star. You know, we might be going to some fever games. Because I, I would say so. It's he's gonna be running the the league. And I it's think it's gonna be a super team I think in Indianapolis. Yeah. So that was nice to see. You know, the WNBA get incorporated a little bit, but I think they should do that every year. I mean, that, that was that was the best event of the night for me. Refresh my memory. Steph won that at like the very last second, right? Like it was Sabrina had 26 and Steph had what, 29? He he won it on the last money ball. Yeah, because Sabrina put up 26. The cool thing about it was because, you know, the... Uh, the regular three-point shootout is like two or three rounds. I think it might be two rounds. Uh, but that one was only one round. So it was like, hey, here's your racks. Here's your, you know, I'm drinking Starry tonight. By the way, there was free Starry everywhere downtown. People were, the, the people working for Starry, they just had coolers in front of the convention center, in front of the field house. They were like, free Starry, take it, take it. So I had like four Starries on Saturday. But pull up on capital. Uh, like, hey, give me some stories. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Get your sorry. Get your sorry. Like that's all it was. But that was a really cool event. And I liked that it was only one round. And she she put up twenty six and he had to win it on the last very last money ball. And he did. So I I, I, I like that. That was my favorite part. I think that was a lot of people's favorite part. From what I read on Twitter after it, everybody seemed to like it. So everyone but Kenny Smith, apparently. But we don't need to talk about that. Everyone but yeah. Kenny Smith seemed to like it. <laughs> Kenny Smith seemed to dislike a lot of All Star Weekend, but we don't need to talk about that. I, I yeah. generally like Kenny Smith, so you know it, it's a shame to see him, you know, become a curmudgeon. Anyway, um, anyway, so I, I suppose. Saturday night seemed like a lot of fun, you know, especially because there was a lot of real fans. There was no way in hell I was watching Sunday, Zach. I'm going to be honest. And because everyone's like, oh, this year is going to be different. This year is going to be competitive. This year is going to be competitive. I'm assuming you're a degenerate, Zach. I trust you watched it. Was it was it different? Was it more competitive? Well, you're right. I did watch it. Uh, And it's actually the first one I've watched since 2014 really? because that was the last time that was the last time the Pacers had a starter in the game Paul George They've had all and I wanted to watch they? this one well that was the last time we had a starter I was going to say wow that's, that's pretty yeah, impressive since then, since then we've had uh, Oladipo, Oladipo and Sabonis they both made it and now Halliburton but I, I wanted to watch this one because he was starting and because the game was here. So that's really the only reason I watched it. Uh, but no, there was no competition. Uh, I, I said it on BSF 
I think Luka Doncic put in the least amount of effort I've ever seen from a basketball player on TV. Like he 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 shot a three quarter court length shot with like thirty seconds left in the half. Just 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 for the hell of it. And I was like, my God. Because I I uh recommended to bet his over, and I actually did bet his over for the game. It was eleven and a half. I thought the guy's averaging almost thirty six points this year. Nobody plays defense in this game. Nobody gives a shit. Surely he'll score over twelve points. No. No. Not only did he not try on defense, he didn't even try on offense. And then I looked up his scoring history in previous All Star games. It was like five, six, seven, six, like no effort. So I don't know what I expected there. I didn't even know Carl Anthony Towns had fifty points. I watched I sat there and watched the whole game. I didn't even know he had fifty points. When Deke said it in our group chat, I thought he was kidding. And then I looked at the box score. I was like, how? How did he have 50 points? It's it's so, a lot different. I, I thought... It's when someone scores 50 out of like 120, that's like what? 40% of the points versus 50 out of 186. That's like 25% of the points. It's just different math. And that's... I... The last All-Star game I think I watched was 2022, so obviously not as long as you. But I gave up. I was like... Because there there was that one year with the Elam ending where it was like, okay, they're actually taking yeah. it seriously now. And then they just stopped taking it seriously. They're they're just like, okay, we're just, we just don't care anymore. They care well, for the issue one with year. The, yeah. One year. And I feel like when we were kids, Alex, when like... <laughs> I don't know, late 2000s, even early 2010s when like Kobe was still in it. Um, you know, LeBron was younger. Dwayne Wade was in it. Garnett was still in it. Duncan, like those guys cared about it. Like I don't, yeah, maybe I'm misremembering just because it's nostalgic, but I feel like they don't give more effort than this. I know that people know can that. gaslight me. People, they can gaslight me and say it's always been bad. Sure, it's always been bad. I don't think it's ever been this bad. I think this points, two hundred and eleven points in forty-eight minutes. This is like, and I know I, you and I both aren't particularly big fans of silver, right? But no. I think one thing I can appreciate about silver is that he tried. You know, he really tried. Like the Elam yeah. ending, it was it was a good effort. You know, the draft, it was a good effort. He tried. I think, I, yeah, and I, I, I think Silver has actually had a decent year. The only thing I've questioned him on was the Chris Paul, Scott Foster stuff, which we never really got an answer to. That was at the very beginning of the season. Um, but like, I didn't really like the idea of the in-season tournament. It turned out to be a smashing success. Like everyone in that thing played hard. Um, I don't really like making the draft two days. Especially I don't either. with this upcoming draft that everyone's saying it's trash. Like, we're going to make that two days? Why? This isn't the, the draft's NFL. already too long. Yeah, Nobody the draft's cares. already too long. Now we're going to make it two days? Who's ever cared about the second round of the NBA draft? I'm sorry. Like, nobody. Nobody. The only thing that happens during the second round is trades. Trades. And there's guys that get picked in the second round that never play an NBA game. 
Like literally. So Jokic Jokic was picked during a Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. One of the yes, the best the best player in the NBA was, was picked. picked during a Taco Bell commercial. During no a one Taco ca- Bell commercial. <laughs> no one cares. So I'm I'm with you. Uh he I'll give him credit for that. He he has tried. Uh and there was even reports of people going in the locker room, like Dr. J and Andre Guadala, you know, went in the locker rooms before the game and were like, Hey guys, this is an honor. Like these fans spent thousands of dollars on these tickets to come see you. Like this city put on a whole show all weekend for this game. Like, can you try a little bit? And if Dr. J can't get you if if Dr. J coming into your locker room and talking to you can't get you pumped up to play, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if they want to pay these guys more for this game, maybe that'll do it. But I don't know. I mean, they're already making so much money as it is, especially if you're an all-star. You're definitely making a lot of money. You're definitely a max you, guy, probably. Or you're going to get a bag. Like, I mean, I think that- the only player who wasn't a max guy in this game was Maxi and Scotty Barnes. I think that they're was it. Both, they're both going to get massive contracts this summer. Yeah. Maxi, like in his, so, ext- or not Maxi, um, Barnes and his extension, Maxi and his, you know, restricted free agent. Yeah. So I, I don't really know how you can fix it. I've always wanted, at this point, I said this a couple of years ago. And after that, on Sunday, I was like, maybe you should just do this. Like, have the All-Star game. Because right now, you have the Rising Stars game on Friday night, which I actually like the Rising Stars tournament. They play hard. Uh, And then you have all the stuff on Saturday night, right? So why don't you have the All-Star game, like... Tyrese Halliburton, you have been selected to the All-Star game, but there is no game. This just goes on your resume as, hey, you were a 2024 All-Star, and you were selected to the team, but there's no actual game. And then they move the Rising Stars Saturday night. They move all the Saturday night stuff to Sunday, and then that's your All-Star weekend. Like, just totally get rid of the actual game. But I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if the actual All Star game is a big ratings thing for the NBA. Um, I know these host cities pay a lot of money to host the All Star game, so they would probably never get rid of the game itself. But I don't know. Like, All Stars on a player's resume. I think they mean less than they ever have. Because I agree. At this point, if I'm a if I'm a Hall of Fame voter, and I'm looking at somebody, you know, like if I'm years down the line, and I'm voting on if Trey Young should be a Hall of Famer, I'm not looking at his All Star because he could have eight All Star appearances. But exactly, all stars in the 2020s don't mean what they did in the 90s and 2000s and before. So I, I, I think all NBA is clearly more important than all star. 
I think it's more impressive than All Star. Um, but I think the actual the actual game's in trouble, man. It's in trouble. But every, I mean, Friday, Saturday, I had a great time. It was a once in a lifetime experience. Uh, I was lucky to get tickets. Honestly, um, Scott Agnes, who covers the Pacers, he tweeted out a link a couple weeks beforehand. Uh, and I, I just jumped on it. I, I wanted to go so bad. Um, I was lucky to be able to go. It was fun. It was fun. I'm happy for you. Let me, let me close on this about the actual game itself. Fans love the, the product, right? Yeah. If, if you are going to be, if the players are going to be apathetic and this applies to the regular season as well. If the players are going to be apathetic, you cannot be surprised when in return, the fans are apathetic as well. And that, I think, is going to be where I close. Um, before, before we leave, I didn't want to do you, because Zach, you have takes. There's one thing about you. You have basketball takes. So yeah. let's close with some Eastern Conference tiers. Okay, and we'll have you start with your first tier, and I'll, I'll respond with my first tier. So what is your first tier in the Eastern Conference? Well, my first tier is only one team, and it's the best team in the NBA this year. It's the Celtics. Okay? my Literally, my only concerns with them, and I think everybody shares this concern, is Porzingis' health, which they've done a very good job of managing that ever since they traded for him, honestly. Um, they're just a different team when he's off the floor versus when he's on the floor. Uh, Alex, I was, I got to see this team in person in Boston in January against the Pacers. And the fans love this guy. It was his first game back. I think he missed like four or five games in a row for some, whatever Porzingis injury he had this time. And he came out of the tunnel in warm-ups, and the crowd went fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. Like, they, they love him, and they love Drew Holiday, too. And they should, because those guys have transformed their team. Uh, they're the only team to be in the top five of both defensive and offensive rating. Uh, the only other team besides them is Oklahoma City. Who's in the top five in both offensive and defensive rating. So that is pretty impressive. They have the highest net rating in the league. And my other, my second concern with them, and this, if Porzingis is healthy in the playoffs, this will be the biggest concern, is just Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula, like, I know JD calls him mozzarella stick. Like, he, I have serious questions about this guy. Like, I don't, I don't think he sucks. I don't th- I don't think he sucks. Um but we saw him struggle big time in the playoffs last year. Like he struggled against Atlanta in the first round. Like that series went on way way too much way longer than it should have. Uh they probably should have lost to Philly in the second round, let's be honest. They probably should have uh and then got Dominated by Miami for three games. Uh, almost came back and won the series, but kind of laid an egg at game seven at home. 
you know, the famous Bill Simmons meme of him just looking dead inside. Forgot about that. I mean, that. that's basically it. <laughs> but he he can't. And I was talking, I was sitting next to this couple who were Celtics fans at the game. And, like, out of the second half in the third quarter, Pacers went on this run and basically tied the game in the first three minutes after the Celtics had a big lead, and he still didn't call timeout. Missoula still didn't call timeout. And I turned to them, and I was like, what is he doing? I was like, I can't believe he hasn't called timeout yet. And and they're like, we don't know. We don't know. Like, it's it's his biggest flaw as a coach is... I mean, it's good he has trust in his guys to figure it out. But in the playoffs, if that happens, like, you have to call a timeout. You have to. But I think he has better assistance around him than he did last year. He's got Sam Cassell, uh, and he's got Charles Lee. Oh, I like those guys. Who Milwaukee but, misses a well, ton. One... Oh, they miss him a shitload. I bet they <laughs> wish they had Charles Lee right <laughs> think... now. You think Milwaukee wishes they had Terry Stotts too? Terry Stotts, who God. nothing ever came of that storyline either. But I bet you it comes out someday, um, like fifteen years from now. It'll come out when the Bucks lose in the playoffs, probably. Um, let me ask you one more thing about Joe Missoula. Okay. In our lifetime, I asked Bryce this today. He didn't really have an answer, but I think he knew the answer. If the Celtics make the play, make the finals, which if they don't make the finals, I don't even know what to say. Would Joe Missoula in our lifetime, would Joe Missoula be the worst NBA finals coach in our lifetime? Okay, so he's up there with David Blatt. The candidates are David Blatt and Scott Brooks. Oh, is he worse than Scott Brooks? I think Scott Brooks hasn't beat for sure. And you can also Black. put, I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know who else. Stan Van Gundy, but Stan Van Gundy, Stan Van had Gundy success re- with multiple teams. I was going to say he revolutionized the sport also in, a, in his own way. Um, now I helped that he had Richard Lewis, but who I think is very underrated as time has gone on. Um, yeah. I mean, those are your, that's who you're looking at. Or I, Avery I think, Johnson. Avery Johnson, I think, was also a little underrated. He wasn't terrible. Now, was he good? <laughs> no. But I don't think he was as bad as uh, his quick sack out of the NBA would have you believe. I don't know. Another Doc fired might, Nets coach, Avery Johnson. Doc might be up there. But... Doc also won a chip. Doc at the time was viewed as a good coach, and he was viewed as a good coach in the years after that. Where I don't think Missoula has ever been viewed as a good coach. Uh, you know, at least Scott Brooks won coach of the year one time, right? Um, and David Blatt. I don't know. That's who you're looking at. You're looking at Blatt or Brooks. But I think there's a a case for him to be the worst. Um but if they if they, they have to make the finals or this season's a failure. Definitely. Um I my first tier is gonna be the Celtics as well. But I'm gonna throw the Sixers too. Because I think the Sixers are gonna be 
we should we should say by the way, we should have said it this up front. We're assuming full health because yeah, Embiid, um, is due back for the playoffs. Randall is due back for the playoffs. Ananobi due back for the playoffs. Probably the biggest names missing time in the East right now. So I think Embiid, this is the best shot I think the Sixers will have. Would be my guess. I don't really know who they could add in free agency. Maxi is playing incredibly well. Like, so I, I, he can get better. Right. But Embiid was playing probably his best basketball before he got hurt. Um, just love this team. Zach, I'm guessing they're in your second tier, but do you object to me having them in the first tier? I don't because when they were fully healthy, I mean, they looked different than any Embiid era Sixers team. Cause I, I don't think Embiid has ever played with a guy like Maxi. I mean, Embiid's played with some very talented offensive players, you know, Jimmy Butler, uh, Ben Simmons before his brain broke, uh, you know, Tobias Harris, JJ Redick, like he's played with good offensive players. But I don't think he's ever played with one like Maxi, who just made his first all-star team and, you know, maybe has even barely scratched the surface. I mean, he can score from all three levels. He can make plays. Uh, He tries on defense, which is, I mean, you can't really say that about a lot of East point guards. And he, besides like Drew Holiday and Derek White, so he he tries, and Alex Caruso, but he he tries, he tries, um, and he's kept them afloat since Embiid has been out. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if prime Ben Simmons could have done that. So, I I think I think this might be the best offensive player Embiid has ever played with. That's high praise. That is high Besides, praise. Besides, I mean, I mean, I guess on paper it's Harden, right? But they didn't really fit together. No. I would say this is the best fitting offensive player. Because even when Simmons was there, the offense could kind of get bogged down, clunky. They, those are some big bodies that they had, and they couldn't really space the floor with Simmons because he couldn't shoot. So they don't have that problem anymore. I really like the fit. And so, yes, they are in my second tier, but I don't object to you having them in the first tier if they're healthy. Plus, they have a better coach this year. I respect that. Um, Real quick, I just want to shout out Kelly Oubre again. Um, Just been incredible this year. Um, Yeah. Shout out. uh, Like, they pulled out a win against the Cavs. I brought up the Cavs earlier. Um, Well, I don't think I brought them up. I think I brought them up before we started recording. They had a win against the Cavs that we talked about on last week's Power Hour, where they almost blew it. But the reason they almost blew it is because they didn't have Harris, they didn't have Batum, they didn't have really any of their starting front court except for Ubre. Yeah. Um, Buddy Heald, I think, is going to be a great addition for them. I'm really excited to see this team in the playoffs. Zach, yeah, what I, is you- I think Buddy will be good for them. Yeah, what is uh, your tier two? My tier two uh, and my second team overall is the Knicks. 
Over the okay. 76ers? Over the Sixers. I um, love it, but but why? So I have the Knicks and then the Sixers in this in this tier. Those are the only teams I have in the second tier. <laughs> Knicks simply because I think they can match up against any team in the East. They will either have a matchup advantage, a total matchup advantage with the starting five, or they will have a majority of the starting five being an advantage. And the depth of this team, I mean, nobody had a trade deadline like the Knicks did. The Knicks, they didn't even have to make a move, really. And they did. They called Detroit because Detroit's fucking stupid, and Detroit gave them exactly what they wanted. Exactly what they wanted. And this is the deepest team in the conference to me. I texted you uh, a few weeks ago. I just said, why can't the Knicks make the finals? And you text me in all caps. I've been saying the same thing. So, I mean, listen to this. This this is a deep... Bronson Hart, OG, Randall, Mitchell Robinson, DiVincenzo, Precious Achua, Hartenstein, McBride, Boyan, Burks. Like, I can throw out all of those guys in a playoff series. All of them. All of them. And Brunson will dominate any opposing point guard in the East outside of White and Holiday just because those guys are dogs on defense. I mean... But they'll have a matchup in somewhere. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the beauty of their Brunson. team. I mean, you saw what they did against Cleveland last year. Uh, and I trust Tibbs. I mean, I know you have your quibbles with Tibbs, but I trust him. Um, he's he's never going to be totally outmatched. And in some cases, I might even have the better coach. So I, I'm I like going to war with Tibbs. Is my point. But they're they're, they're the deepest team in the East, and I I, I got them second. Um, I'm all in on Brunson. I don't think any player has made me eat more shit in the past two years than him. And I know I'm not alone. A lot of people criticize that signing. Thought it was too much money for a bench guy. Uh, but he he's totally lived up to it. So uh, I have them number two in the East and number one in this tier. I, I respect it. I respect it. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and move on to my tier two because they're number they're number one in my tier two as well they're my number three team in the east um and then this will shock you because i'm higher on this team than you are i won't quit them i refuse to quit them the milwaukee bucks i have as my Mm. second team in tier two um listen everything is telling me sell all my buck stock sell all my buck stock you know bad vibes doc rivers can't seem to shut his mouth this week um, I don't know what he's on about. Well, Doc, Rivers, really, Doc Rivers' new SGA was going to be an MVP candidate, Alex. I, he knew I, that. Everything is telling me. He knew it. Everything logical is saying sell, sell, sell. Right? Damian Lillard having a down season. Um, Chris Middleton struggling with injuries. But Zach, Giannis Attendacumbo shooting 61.6% from the field. Averaging, what is it? I'm sorry, I can't. That's 30.8 points per game. 11.2 rebounds. 
6.4 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.1 blocks. I mean, that 61% from the field is objectively insane. Like, actually absurd. And I know the regular season, the defense has gone to an all-time low this year. But if I know one thing about playoff Giannis, he's going to give me a bucket. He is going to give me a bucket. So, I don't I don't think this team is going to win this year <laughs> if, I, if I can be blunt and that might not be good for them but they have Shaq <laughs> and when you have Shaq they have Shaq's hard. field goal percentage I mean I, I have a hard time just wanting to pick against Giannis in general like he's just so absurdly dominant even when they are the personification of the this is fine meme like that's what that's what yeah, they are right, right. now I I well, know I know you disagree with me vehemently. I'm sure you have them at like seven or eight. <laughs> but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, here's what I'll say about the books. Virtually the only thing I like about them is Giannis. Okay? Because we've seen him do it. Uh he he's one of the greatest players ever. He's still a top five player in the NBA. And we've seen what this team is like when he goes down. We saw it in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, when Miami really just kicked the shit out of them. And they ended up not feeling too bad about it because Miami proceeded to kick the shit out of the next two teams they played. But this team is just not well constructed. Not well constructed. It has no depth. No depth. The defense outside of Giannis, I mean, basically, it's to the point, if he gets hurt, they're done. Like, they they are done. And I don't think any team in the East is as strapped to their best player, any contending team in the East is as strapped to their best player's health as the Bucs are. And that just comes with being a top five player, like, of course, if your top five NBA player goes down, your team's not going to be as good, but the team revolves around him offensively and defensively. And they, they, they would just be totally screwed. And not to mention doc sucks. Like there's, there's no there. I haven't met anyone who's defended doc since he's come back to coach Milwaukee. Like he, he just sucks. And it's JJ Reddick was right, Alex. It's all excuses. It's all excuses. It's all always well, it's always tough to take over a team midseason. And you know, this isn't this job is harder than it looks, you know. And that's like, no, no, just 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 shut up. Just shut up. You didn't have to take the job. You didn't have to take it. And then he said he he's he's given the PR answers about I told Bucks ownership, I don't know why you're firing Adrian. I don't know why that. Shut up. Shut up. You were in on it. You knew the whole time. You had a job within hours. Within hours of him getting fired. So, okay, so don't don't tell me. Don't give me this PR. But, you know, I'll get to them when I get to them in, in my tier here. But they are in this tier, but they're the last team in this tier. Go ahead. Go ahead. And let's let's see the tier. Tier three, my number one team is Miami. And I know you. That's my only team in tier yeah. three. <laughs> they're, 
I mean, I'm just not going to bet against them after last year. I'm just not. I love the Rogier pickup. Um, people forget. I know it was kind of a, six years ago now, but 2018 playoffs, this guy was like the third best player on a team who got the game seven of the East finals against LeBron. His, his stats in that playoffs, 19 games, he was 17 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and he steps up in mid games. We remember what he did to Eric Bledsoe. We remember that. Yeah. Uh, and just real quick on them, the Heat during Jimmy's four years. So this is his fifth year. So the four years previous, two finals appearances. Got the game seven of the East Finals in 2022 and was the number one seed. Um, you're not going to get much better than that. I'm just not going to bet against them. And then my second team in this tier, my team, the Pacers. The Pacers, we have the second highest offensive rating in the league. Uh, at the beginning of the season, it was at a historic rate. The Halliburton injury kind of threw us off, but he's back now. Uh, we have Siakam. Siakam wasn't even on the team when our offensive rating was that high. He's the perfect fit. Um, he is the subject of my all-time worst take on a pod, so it's fitting that he is now on my team. Very fitting. That's, that's fair. Uh, I don't care if it's delusional either, Alex. The in-season tournament gave me serious playoff confidence because those guys were playing hard. Every team was playing hard, and we answered the call Every time we beat Boston, we beat Milwaukee, um, ran out of gas slash got fucked by the refs against the Lakers, but whatever. Uh, and then my third team in this tier is the Bucks. Like I said, I just don't trust anything about them outside of Giannis. I do trust Dame's offense, but just imagine him trying to guard Jalen Brunson or Darius yeah. Garland or Tyrese Halliburton. Like, fucked. That's so. That's tough. Um. Let me guess. You have Cavs 7 and Magic 8? Yes, but they're in separate tiers because mm. the Cavs are way better than the Magic. So I didn't so want to disrespect them by putting them in the same tier as Orlando. So that's I got fair the Cavs in their, same, in their own tier. Uh, my concerns with them are the same as they were last year. Uh, even though I think Bickerstaff has had an excellent year, he got worked by Tibbs in the playoffs last year with virtually the same team he has now. Okay. Uh, and they're just a little too soft down low. Again, that Nick series in the back of my head. And I think in the back of a lot of people's heads will happen last year. Um, even though I love Mobley and I love Allen, they got worked. Um, plus, I'm not the biggest Donovan Mitchell guy. If he's the best player on your team, I think you kind of know where you're going. Just ask Utah. Uh, you're not really getting past the second round. So, I'm my last tier because I told you Miami's my. I have Miami in its own tier because I don't know if I trust them or if I distrust them severely. But I think they, you know, deserve their own praise. I think I'd go Cavs for tier four for me. Cavs six, Pacers seven, Magic eight. And the only reason I'd have the Cavs above the Pacers is just because Mitchell has been playing out of his mind this year. But also, yeah, you could convince me the troubles with Mobley and Garland are for real, for real. I need to see more of it, though. Like, I need to see them struggle. Like, 
because Garland's shooting despicably bad from three. So, it was very interesting how well they played when when Garland yeah. was out. And Mobley. Both of them were out for yeah. for a long stretch. And they played. And I love both of them. Like yeah. they're both great. But it's kind of, I'm with you. It kind of feels like something's gotta give. Exactly. Something's gotta give. And whether that is they just let Mitchell go or trade him, try and get something for him, I don't know. But something's gotta give. But yeah, then eighth I have the magic. At this point, it would be a disappointment if they didn't make the playoffs. Because yeah, definitely. they are so much better than the nine and ten. They're so much and better than you, the Bulls, and they're so much you, better than the Hawks. You know what's gonna happen? The Hawks are gonna be the eight seed. <laughs> Probably because that's Trey Young's time to shine. The play so, in. Hello everyone. Um we had to record a little bit of an abrupt outro to the last um power hour. Um, because we recorded on Wednesday night and, uh, that's usually when Lynn Sanity records. So, you know, we just wanted to make sure they could start recording on time, you know, just cause they have a consistent schedule. And so, um, make sure you listen to that Lynn Sanity great episode. Make sure you listen to back shoulder fade this week. Um, make sure you listen to circle city cinema. Um, Caleb and Zach are there for an Oscars betting episode. So double the betting, double the Caleb and Zach this week. Um, next week jd and i will be back so make sure you check us out and yeah folks i just want to thank you so much for listening and hope you all have a great rest of your day um stay blessed